another edition of the Broadcast Journal. We're here at the offices of Sportsnet New York, and my guest is an anchor reporter for the aforementioned Sports Network, Taylor Rooks. How are you doing, Hello, Taylor? Hello. I'm doing amazing. Happy to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so what is a typical day like for you here at the SNY offices? Um, so it depends. Like when I have to do the night show, I usually come in around 6 or 7, prep for the show, do promos, pre-tapes, all that good stuff, um, do the show, and you probably stay... An hour and a half after the show ends, just in case news breaks late at night and need to add a fix to the show. Um, So that's when I'm in studio. When I'm reporting, I could be at Nick's. I could be in Jersey, where I met you. Mm -hmm. Um, I could be in Jersey for the Giants, for the Jets. Mm -hmm. It really depends, which is a a fun part of the job that every day is pretty different. So no match-related, right? So I don't thing. do that much mess, mm-hmm. um, which I am okay with. <laughs> but no, so we do a lot of mess in the show. But as far as me going to City Field mm-hmm. or something, I've gone to watch games that I've never had to go to report because mm-hmm. they have the Mets team. Yeah. They're always there. It's no issue getting Mets stuff. So not too much Mets for me. But if they had, if the, if there was ever a situation where they needed you, would mm-hmm. you be okay to doing that? Yeah. I mean, that's one thing about me. I'll do whatever has to be done. Like, if they need someone to do it, I'll do it. Um, I'm fine always learning new things, doing different things. So, I'd take the call for sure. <laughs> so, um, so where did your... So, um, I understand that your father, he was a running back for the Anahai back in the day. So, yeah. how did your father, being an athlete, uh, shape your passion for sports? I don't know. I mean, I feel like sports has always been been a big part of my life I mean we've always watched sports my mom loves football my sister loves football it's just it's it's football's a very big part of my family I would say I grew up watching it um but it's funny you know my dad playing at Illinois obviously made me love the school and love football but it wasn't something that like forced me into sports I think it's cool that he played but my love for football came from just simply being around it. Um, My dad played a part in that, but it wasn't so much just because he played. It was Mm -hmm. just, I enjoyed watching it. I love this sport. Um, But, I mean, it's definitely, it was an added bonus as to why I went to Illinois. Both my parents went there. And so that that gave me a sense of pride in going to that school. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, was that the biggest reason why you went? Oh, definitely. I don't think I would have gone to Illinois if they didn't. I maybe would have stayed down south. But um, I loved Illinois. It was an amazing experience. Loved the Big Ten. Um, but, yeah, it, it was a great place. So uh, what type besides football, what other sports did you like um, watching growing up? Basketball. Um, and then I actually played tennis when I was really, really young, and I loved Serena. Um, but I mostly watched basketball and football. So what were your teams growing up then? Oh, Falcons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Bowl was like the worst day of my life. <laughs> um, obviously, was always a fan of Illinois, even you know since I, I was young. Um, like the Hawks, just because I was in in Atlanta. But my thing with basketball, I have learned about myself, is I'm more so a fan of players. The Falcons are the only team that I'm like ride or die for, whether they're good, whether they're bad. Mm-hmm. But with basketball, I've learned I really enjoy storylines. And for college, I'm obviously going to like Illinois. So uh, so when, when did you decide that you wanted to be a sports broadcaster? You know, I think that I always knew that it's what I wanted to do. It was more so me deciding that I was going to put everything into doing that. Like, even when I went to college at first, 
I said, you know, maybe I should try to do business. Like, that's something realistic mm -hmm. and fun. Even though I knew I wanted to talk about sports, I knew I wanted to be on TV, you always say, like, is this realistic? Is this what I should, like, fully pursue? Um, but when I went to school, I said, this is what I'm going to do. I can't, I can't half want this if I want to take it as far as I want to take it. Um, so I've always known, but I really made the decision right before I went to college. So I see here that during college that you um, you did some reporting for Scout.com. So I did. How, so how did that opportunity come about? So when I was a freshman in college, yeah, I started this blog. Uh, it was called The Online Sideline. Very lame. Is it still, is it still, is it still around? <laughs> it may still be up. Um, oh, God, hope it's not. People don't go watch. Um, but, yeah, I started this blog, and I was just writing about things, posting about things, interviewing whoever I could. Um, and then Fox Sports actually saw it, and Fox Sports owned Scout.com at the time. Saw the blog, asked me if I wanted to work for them my junior and senior year, so I did that. Um, so I covered recruiting for quite some time, which I think you learn a, a lot of good skills about being a journalist and being a reporter by covering recruiting. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that, and everything kind of worked out from that. So this is both the Illini football and basketball yes, teams? Yes, football and basketball, but... Obviously, covering Illinois football and basketball is kind of covering all of the Big Ten because mm -hmm. a lot of the recruits, everyone's vying after mm -hmm. them. You're keeping up with their visits of you know everywhere they're going. Even if a kid is interested in Illinois and they drop Illinois, I would tend to follow the kid up to wherever they were going to go. So it was, it was an intersection of a lot of different things. Anybody during your time period comes to mind? That's not like maybe a big star in either sport? Well, I mean, I'm fairly young. So when I was covering people, they're either still in college or just got out. Like um, Quinn Snyder, who plays for Louisville, he was very good this past year. Uh, Cliff Alexander. Um, Jason Tatum I covered. He's probably the biggest. Mm -hmm. um, he obviously did not go to Illinois. Um, but everyone <laughs> thought he was going to. Uh, Jalen Brunson, who's at Villanova now. So it was. There was definitely some some good kids. I would say that Jason Tatum has the most potential of obviously being the biggest star of those that I recovered in their recruitment. Um, but yeah, it's been fun. I also see here that you um, did some reporting for uh, women's basketball or NIT championships when mm -hmm. you were 19 years old. So I did. How did that opportunity come about? So so I applied for an internship. My freshman year, um, there was like this traveling softball tournament or something that was going to be on CBS Sports Network, I believe, um, and they needed a reporter to do it. And so I applied for that, and the guy, his name was Tad, he gave it to me, he said, you got it, you can do it if you want it, but at that time I also received a PGA Tour internship, so I couldn't do both. But the guy really liked me, stayed in contact, and when he was putting together the production team for NIT, he had me in mind and was like, we want to give you the opportunity to do this. Of course, I jumped at it and drove to Iowa for it. So how was that experience like? I mean, you're 19 years old at the time, and you're doing, like, on-air reporting, so how was yeah. that like? I mean, when I look back on the tapes, I'm like, this was awful. I can't believe he let me do this on TV. <laughs> um, but it was such, that was my first time in a live in-game environment where you're thinking quick, you're getting your questions, you're having an open and a close. Like, that was the first time that I did that. Um, and I think that I learned so many mistakes from the first one that the next time I did it, I was more than ready because I knew how fast it was going to go. I knew the pace. 
um, learned a lot from that. So I'm, I'm definitely thankful that he allowed me to do that. So you said that you also interned for the PJ Tour. So I did. how was that experience like? Fine. But so PJ Tour was was interesting because the internship wasn't really about broadcasting. It was about the business side of sports more mm -hmm. so. It was cool to like go into the office and see how that works. Um, it was paid. You're in Florida. Um, <laughs> housed. So it was just a good experience. And I just wanted to make sure that every summer I was interning, every summer I was doing something that I felt like was going to make me better at some aspect of the job. And I just definitely learned a lot about the ins and outs of you know, marketing and communications and PR, because when I was interning with them, I was in the communications department. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was nice. I think as much as you can learn about sports as an entity in general will help you with everything you need to do. So you also did an internship with um, Comcast Sportsnet Chicago. So yes. how's that um, internship like? That was okay. Literally all you did was log. Yeah, I've done that before. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Um but, I mean, you have to do stuff like that. Like, not every internship you do is going to be, like, glitz and glamour, you know? Uh, but logging is definitely not my favorite thing. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you that was my first experience in a newsroom. So that was very cool um, to see how things work. If something breaks, how that goes down, how they cut highlights, how the talent looks at what you're logging to figure out what they want to discuss, like... To see the flow of how a show mm -hmm. works, that was beneficial from that. And then, obviously, you get stuff on your reel because you ask if you can do a stand-up or ask mm -hmm. if you can do something in the anchor desk. Um, so it was beneficial, but um, wasn't my most fun internship. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I was listening to your um, podcast interview with uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll get to your podcast uh, a little bit later in this interview, but uh, I remember it was a specific story that you told that you went all the way from, I guess, Illinois all yep. the way to Orlando I just did. to get interviews. Just to get interviews. So, what did it, what type, what was your mindset going? That's pretty, it was, that's pretty ambitious for you to go all the way over there to oh, get interviews. Oh, thank right? you. Um, I think really. I knew that a whole bunch of people wanted to do this job. I knew a whole bunch of people wanted to be reporters. So I knew I had to do something that separated me from the whole bunch of people that just wanted to do it and the people that had something to show for wanting to do it. And I knew that if I went down there and I got interviews and showed that I was really serious about being a journalist, it would separate me. And I think that it did. I think it helped. I think that having those things on my blog or things that made Fox Sports and Scouts say, you know what, like, let's bring her on. She's serious about this. Um, I mean, I would have drove to Canada if I had to, you know. <laughs> it's just you got to do some stuff that is inconvenient. Um, but it paid off. And even, like, contacts and connects that I made from that trip, like, still helped me to this day. Kevin, for for example. So I, it was definitely beneficial. So anything that you remember most about um, getting those interviews from that All-Star Weekend? I remember I was really bad. Um, and I remember still at that point, I was I was 19. Um, and you just think, like, wow, this is so cool. Like, obviously, I'm at Illinois, so everyone around me is Bulls fans. I'm watching Bulls games all the time, and Derrick Rose is there. And, like, you're just trying to take a picture of Derrick Rose because you think it's cool, you know? <laughs> but it's like I got over that really quick. That was probably the only time that I was like, wow, this is cool. And then everything kind of lost its luster a little bit. Um, but yeah, I remember my questions weren't great. I didn't really know how to navigate media scrum. I mean, my very first 
big media thing was All Star. So mm -hmm. I was kind of just thrown into it. But I did know that I needed to ask good questions when I could with the best people I could grab. Um, so that that's probably what I remember, just the experience of it, being there. So I also see here that said it, that you modeled for briefly, so... <laughs> Which is such a reach. <laughs> such a reach. Pretty ex expound about that? Yeah, I mean, like, when I was in college, I was with um, Stuart Talent, which is, like, what the factor um, model division of, like, what I did. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like, my cousin is a photographer, so, he like, he'd always, like, take pictures of me... But I feel like modeled briefly is like such an such an exaggeration. <laughs> Whoever wrote that exaggerated <laughs> very much so. I see here that you're um, you're a niece of uh, a great one of the greats of the St. Louis um, Cardinals, uh, Lou Brock. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. do you, uh, how was your interactions with him growing up? Good. I mean, just Uncle Lou. Um, I don't know. Like that's the thing. Even when I was in college, like everybody thought he was like so cool but I just never like for example when I would get there and someone would say oh like you like Cubs or White Sox or whatever it is and I was like well I'm a Cardinals fan like my uncle played for them I didn't think it was that big of a deal they'd be like who is it I'm like oh he's old like you're not gonna know him he's old and I would tell him and they're like um I know who that is but <laughs> I especially being in Georgia it I think he was perceived a bit differently up there mm -hmm. than he was down in Georgia but now I'm like, okay, he was, he was the real deal. I didn't, growing up, didn't think it was that big of a deal because he was just my uncle. Um, but I have grown to, like, really respect, you know, everything that he did. I've always respected him as a person. He's one of the best people I know. Um, but it's just cool to see how dedicated he was to his craft, the stories that he's told me. Um, when I go visit them in St. Louis, just how, how appreciated he is there. I mean, he, anywhere he goes a mob like everybody wants to talk to him and he talks to everyone he gives as much as he can um so yeah i guess i just i just kind of see him uh, how's uncle. he doing because i know he's he's having some health problems yeah he's good i actually talked to my aunt last week and she was saying that 90 percent of his cancer like cells are gone so he's doing a lot better um he's good i mean he's doing well on his rehab i think he's a. Uh, He's almost back to normal, I would say. So he's he's good. So, but I would say cross fingers for my aunt. She's kind of dealing with some health problems as well. But but they're good. That's good to hear. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> now you also had you also have another um, uncle, uh, Marv Woodson. He played in the NFL back in the '70s, I believe. Yeah, he did. Now that is my uncle. I think I've only met him like twice. How anyone even knows that is insane. Um, hey, it's just the new age we live in. Yeah, but no, he's my grandma's brother, but my grandma is one of nine, and wow. yeah, they live in different places, uh, but yeah, don't know too much about him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, right out of college, you got, um, you got a job with uh, the Big Ten Network, so yes. how did that happen? Honestly, it was so funny how it happened, and so like happenstance really like so like I said you know worked for scouts and all that stuff so I was always at Big Ten games I always would see Big Ten Network people around um and Q who's the executive producer there who I am forever indebted to because he gave me such a huge opportunity when I was a baby um but so 
summer that I graduated, I got an agent. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? I need a job, blah, blah. Had no job, didn't know what I was going to do at all. So I just stayed in Champaign that summer and continued working with Scout.com. Um, and then in August came around and me and some friends wanted to go to OVO Fest. So we drove to Toronto, went to OVO Fest, had so much fun. When we're coming back from Toronto, my phone rings and it's Big to Network mm-hmm. asking me to come on as a talent. And I was about to move back home like a week like before after they called me. So they asked me to come on. I said, this would be great. Yes, I stayed in Chicago and I worked for them. And I think that's how it happens for a lot of people. Like one day you just kind of get the call, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was really good timing that I had just graduated and they needed someone to fill this position. It was just everything really fell the way it needed to fall. So that was good. So what were your main roles at uh, BTN? I did, so I was on BTN Live and I was a correspondent on that show. And then I would report on the games around the Big Ten that we didn't have on our channel. Um, And then I was on a show called Women's Sports Report. And that's it. Yeah. (laughs) So what was your favorite aspect of like traveling to all these Big Ten uh, cities like... The fans are great. The fans are great. The stadiums are great. There's a lot of good stories in the Big Ten. Um, Yeah, I mean, that that was just a great experience because I love college sports. There's nothing like that atmosphere and that passion that comes with covering college sports. Um, So it was amazing. But I'd say the fans, especially because the Big Ten Network is such a fan-oriented channel Mm -hmm. that if you love the Big Ten, you're watching it. So I think they appreciated a lot of what we did there. So you said you also hosted a show called Women's Sports Report. Yeah. So how was that like? It was good. Uh, I had really great co-host, Lisa Byington. She is so amazing and so talented. And it was cool to have a show that shined a lot of light on women's sports and only women's sports. It was all about what they were doing in the conference. So that was great. So uh, what was the uh, favorite sport that you like covering on the women's side? Mm, volleyball was fun and of course basketball but uh, I learned a lot about volleyball so that was cool (laughs) (laughs) talked a lot of volleyball on that show so how would you say um, social media has affected your your, um, career a lot Um, those people on social media are crazy (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah I think I think that there's good and bad to it because I think a lot of social media is just like what you see and I think some people just see my social media and like think I'm cute or think whatever it may Mm -hmm. be and don't necessarily listen to my podcast or watch the show. They just like want to look at pictures of me, um, which, which can be annoying. Um, but social media has also helped me immensely. I think that it's a lot of the reason I've been able to get to where I am. I've gained a, a following on social media, uh, Black Twitter has been very good to me. <laughs> um, but it's something that you really can't get too wrapped up in. Because if you get too wrapped up in it, like, it's it's going to go one of two ways. Mm-hmm. Like, everything you do has to be validated by social media, and that will tear you apart. Or you're going to start to look at your work based on how social media views your work. And those are two things that aren't worth it. It's 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 not healthy. Um but, I mean, I love social media. I love everyone that follows me. I love all the people that I follow. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's it's so beneficial. I think people knock social media way more than they should. It's such a good way to get your personality across and, and be known and bring news to people. So, But I 
have no problem admitting I think a lot of my popularity is due to social media for sure. So when like, for example, I think I... Uh, I think a few weeks ago, it was like some meme going around with you. I don't oh, know. with the sneakers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. so ridiculous. Like, things like that. It's like, I just went to Summer Jam, took a photo, and I remember I looked at my phone and I had like so many notifications and I'm like, what is going on? And when I saw what it was, I'm like, are y'all serious? It's just so <laughs> ridiculous. Especially because I'm like... It was, I was, it was just a picture. Like, I'm just in sneakers yeah. and jeans. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. But it just goes to show that's how social media is with, like, every little thing that you do. So, I mean, it could be worse. I mean, my yeah. worst fear is, like, being at a basketball game and becoming, like, a gif or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm doing something so embarrassing. So, yeah. It could be worse. So, have you had any, like, interactions with any, like, celebrities, athletes, or fans on social media? What do you mean? Like, like say you have a back and forth, like mm -hmm. either it's either positive or negative or anything like that. Or, I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like I talk to athletes and celebrities a lot on social media. Um, I don't know if there's really been anything negative. But no, I think that's a part of it to be like tweeting back and mm -hmm. forth with whomever it may be. So, uh, let's see. I'm just going to get to here. Sorry, I'm trying to think of a question here. No, you're fine. I can just eat my fries. <laughs> <laughs> so you became you. So when did the Sportsnet New York contact you about a position here? Last summer. Last summer, then I came in for a screen test. Then my screen test got the job. Started in September, so my year is coming up, kind of soon. So how, how would you assess your year at SNY so far? It's been good. I mean, I've been able to do so many things that. You would never think you're going to be doing right now. But just being in New York is such an advantage. I think I wouldn't even have half the podcast guests that I got if I was in New York. Because the thing about New York is, like, everybody comes through New York. Mm -hmm. um, so whenever people come to New York, I just try and grab them and get them to come on the podcast. Um, but it's been amazing. I get to host, report, anchor, do the podcast. Like, everything that you want to do as a reporter, I've been able to do here. Who would you say has been the biggest mentor to you in terms of your career so far? Definitely Carrie. Um, me and Carrie Champion um, are really close. I was just texting her before I came in. Um, I just think like she just means a lot to me as just a symbol. I mean, of just a black woman in journalism who is extremely good at her job, who hasn't compromised herself at all, mm -hmm. who continues to be who she is and, and doesn't feel any pressure to be anything else. Um, and she's someone I've always, always, always looked up to. Um, so I would definitely say Carrie. I haven't met Robin Roberts, but I love Robin Roberts. Um, I mean, I love Jamel Hill. I think Doris Burke is amazing. I think Rachel Nichols is amazing. Um, and then even people that, that are new, but I'm close to, like, I think Roz is amazing. Um, yeah, she's definitely somebody that, that I can identify with and that I think is just great at, at their job. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's mostly it. So uh, Maria Taylor, uh -huh. I can't forget her. She's a good friend of mine. Um, and she's going to kill it on college game day. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's so many women that I, I really look up to and identify with. Honestly, everyone I named plus all the other women are people I look up to because... 
I mean, I'm only 25, so I feel like I'm always going to be looking up <laughs> to them. Um, but they're all they're all so great. So you you said it. You're, you're 25. Wow, I feel weird saying I'm the elder here, even though I'm only like a year <laughs> younger than you. But uh, you're older, actually. But um, so, what would you say, despite all the success that you had early in your career, what do you say has still been challenges in your careers? Hmm. I think there's been a, a lot. I think there's an element of always wanting to prove yourself um, as a journalist, as a woman, as a black woman. There's always that element you think of every day. Like you feel like you have to be this much more better than whomever. Um, so that can be a challenge. I think that for every woman, being a woman in journalism is challenging. Sometimes dealing with social media is a challenge. Um, you know, not getting the interviews you want can be a challenge. Um, but, you know, I always do try to look at the good. I think there's so much positive that comes with doing the job. Um, but things are hard. I mean, it's hard to find time for things other than the job, find time for things, mm -hmm. you know, other than going to work. But I always feel a certain way about complaining about journalism because I'm just like, this is what I want to do. And I wouldn't trade it for anything else. So even the challenges that I face, I, I think, can also be like blessings in a way. And I think that it's very important for people like me and people that look like me to be in this space, especially at a time like now, because there needs to be a voice for all the things going on, a voice coming from people that identify with the things going on. So I think that it's a blessing to be able to be one of those people as well. Um, so that is definitely a challenge, but it's a it's a, a necessary evil, I would say. Yeah, I've noticed sometimes on social media that you will say, like, you will have, like, a, uh, like away from sports that you'll say you'll have a societal point about something that's going yeah, on. Yeah, always. Now. Always. Um, I think that's important, and I'm not going to say something that I think is going to make other people comfortable, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to dance if I don't like the music. So it's just... I try to say how I feel and what I feel, and if something is wrong, I feel like it's wrong. If somebody treats somebody differently than someone else for a very surface reason, I feel like I'm going to say that too. But I think it's important. So I just want to go back a little bit. Uh, so I was just thinking what you said about all the people that you say that you like look up to. Uh, mm -hmm. So what about when you were growing up? Were there anybody? Was there anybody in the sports broadcast business, both male or female, that you looked up to? Yeah, Pam Oliver. Love Pam Oliver. Loved Hannah Storm. Um, Susie Colbert. All those people are great. Like they're like the OGs, you know. Mm -hmm. They're they're all amazing. I've obviously there are men that are exceptional at their job, but I just think I have always identified more with mm -hmm. with women doing their job. Um, probably because it's you know few and far between. Especially growing up, I remember when I'd see a woman on TV. You always see a man on mm -hmm. TV. Um, so yeah, but. I think everyone in this space is there for a reason, and everybody, you know, should be revered for for the job they do. So, uh, how do you look at the fact that you've been able to get so far in like a, a male-dominated uh, um, industry like the sports broadcast industry? What do you think when you think about it like that? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I try. That is a reality, but I feel like I try not to think too much about it being male-dominated, especially because I feel like it is changing as mm -hmm. of late. There's a lot more women. I think that people want to hear more from women more so than any other time. Mm 
Um, but I don't, I, I feel like I don't want to say that males dominate it. Okay. Maybe they do, but I don't like to, to give them any type of edge over yeah, me, yeah, okay. you know, <laughs> but I, I agree that it it is that way and it's perceived as that way. But I feel like saying that is giving them too much power. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about your podcast that you're on this podcast. Um, when did the idea to come up with uh, Time Out with Taylor Rooks start? Sorry, I'm eating a nugget, folks. Um, so I started the podcast the summer that I got this job, but I started it like months before I actually got the job. And I just wanted a place to really be able to not really. I think I've always known my voice. It wasn't about finding my voice, but really finding a good place for my voice. Um and I have complete control over the podcast. I get my guests. I produce it. I figure out what I want to be talked about on it. I I don't want it to be a place where you come and you just talk about basketball or football. To me, that's boring. Mm-hmm. Um, I want it to be a place where you really talk about who you are and like what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see different in the world. Like, If we want to know, you know why you didn't hold the ball with five seconds in the game. Or like, if I want to know that, I'll watch the game. I'm not going to listen to a podcast to to learn, you know, why you took that shot. That's just <laughs> not, you know, I want to know what you're like as a normal person. So I wanted the podcast to be a place that was really just a conversation. Like, I wanted people to feel like they were in the room with me and KD or, you know, me and Rishi Wallace. I want them to think that they're just in the room listening to a conversation about normal people things um because i think we get too saturated with like who they are as a player mm-hmm. and i think most athletes genuinely want to talk about who they are as a person so hopefully it serves that purpose so who, what interview would you say that um when you first went in you're like okay i'm thinking this person is this way but then when you left the when the interview ended you were like oh i had a new perspective on this person probably lou williams like, I thought Lou Williams was, like, wild boy. <laughs> like, um, do whatever he wanted. Like, you know, because there's, like, this kind of legend that surrounds yeah. Lou Williams. But, I mean, talking to him and doing that podcast, I'm like, this, he's an extremely smart person who thinks about everything that he does. He isn't trying to be this guy that people think he is. He's just being himself. Um, so I would, I would definitely say, say Lou, I, I walked away from that, like very impressed with, with who he is. So is there one person that either is, is one person that you say, Oh, if I get that person time out, it'd be, it'd be great. It'd be super lit. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously it'd be cool to have Serena. Serena Williams would be an amazing guest. I want J.R. Smith just because he is like. A quote dream. He talks about whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Serena is definitely top of my list. I still haven't had any women, so I need to have a woman on the podcast. Anybody that you're trying to get or, or that you have in mind, maybe? I mean, I'm always trying to get someone. <laughs> um, I'm excited about guests I have coming up, though. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you have to... Make sure you subscribe so you can see the people I have coming up on the podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> so I see that here that last season that you um, 
were a, you were a sideline reporter for CBS Sports Network for their college football telecast. So how was mm-hmm. that like? It was good. It was fun. I mean, it was cool to be here, but then also travel and do different stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, sideline and sideline and spawn. I don't want to be like a career sideline reporter, mm-hmm. but it's so much fun. You learn a lot uh, about journalism from that, and I was thankful to have that opportunity. So any, is there any, is there any games that you remember from that year that you did? I mean, they were all pretty good. Nothing, like, crazy sticks out. It was fun. It was a fun year. I think I did eight games. Yeah. So was there ever somebody that you either had to, like, interview or interact with in the sports broadcasting or either in sports that you were like, oh, man, i got to talk to this person? Anybody that intimidated you, whether it was early in your career or maybe now? Meaning, like, I didn't want to talk to them? No, not not talk not talk to them, but like you were like, oh man, it's this like their aura, who they were, and you're like, just oh kind of, no. no. The only time I thought things were cool was probably also Rake when I was nineteen. Now I'm just like, bring it on! Like I think it's fun <laughs> to do. Yeah, there was. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I'm still when I meet people, I I recognize the the gravity of what they mean to the sport, or the mm-hmm. court, and that's amazing. And I feel blessed to be meeting them or interviewing them. But I'm never, like, you know, in awe or anything like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been able to meet some really cool people. Like, I thought it was so dope to be able to interview Rashid Wallace just because of what he means to basketball, to the culture. Um, but, you know, you can't do that too much or or um, you'll kind of, you'll think that about everyone, you mm-hmm. know, so... So, what was your favorite interview, whether it was your podcast or whether it was, like, an on-screen thing or whatever? Mm. I enjoyed interviewing Carrie, uh, just because it was a podcast that I learned a lot from. Um, Kevin was a good interview because I think I was able to get him to open up in a way that he doesn't usually open up in interviews. Um... But they're all my favorite, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I like them all. I, I take a lot of pride in the podcast, so... Yeah, I think I like them all. So, I usually end my podcast asking, uh, when it's all said and done, what would you what would you like to be said about you? But you're so young. It's your career is so young. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, think, <laughs> I think a better way would be like, what do you hope to accomplish in your career? Hmm... I feel like, honestly, I feel like I'm still trying to figure out that answer. Um, I do know, though, that as I progress in the career and as I keep going, I wouldn't be able to look back and know that I didn't change too much. You know, I don't want to ever feel like I have to be something different to fit into this, like, media, to fit into what people are looking for. Mm-hmm. Um. But I want like I want to tell stories, and I want people to feel comfortable telling me their story. I love interviewing. That's that's my favorite thing. And if I could have a space where people come on and and just speak, they don't feel like they're they're having to have media talk. Like they're having to be a certain way that they can just go on to this thing and be who they are and feel comfortable with it and know that they are showing the audience who they actually are is something that I want to accomplish. To have a show that have that as a goal is would probably be my dream and what I would ultimately want.
So it wouldn't matter if it was just the podcast or would it be your own TV show on, let's say... I mean, ideally, I want it to be my own TV show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Network or anything doesn't matter to me. But just a a space that accomplishes that is is definitely my main goal. So if SNY said, oh, Taylor, we're going to give you your own show, that would be great. Were you right? That'd be dope. Yeah, that'd be dope. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thank my guest, Taylor Rooks, and I thank you for watching the Broadcast Journal. Oh, and thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Very fun. Thanks for having me.